Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Good. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot's happened. A lot has happened. I went to Connecticut. I came back with a sinus infection and bronchitis. Seems like a good way to start the year. It is. I'm a little self-conscious about my voice. I'm just being honest. That's it. That's all I have to say. That's nice that you're only self-conscious about your voice. (laughs) I have some other tweaks I'd like to work out. That's the only (laughs) thing I'm self-conscious about right now. I just feel fully accepted, known, loved. Just this pesky little raspy voice. Tell me your biggest lesson from 2019. Whoa. I think my biggest lesson of 2019 was I'm capable of more than I think I am. But the kickoff lesson of 2020 is that's still not very much. (laughs) (laughs) What? What you're saying you're not capable of much? Yeah, I would say it's been a journey. 2018 was a year of becoming really little, really small, really weak, and dependent on the Lord. 2019, the Lord, like, growing my confidence in a lot of ways. Then I went on this eight day, and I just was wrecked. So I think, although I am confident, more confident, more capable, reminds me of you know, John fifteen five. without me, you can do nothing. So even what I can do in my own will, in my own power and with my natural gifts, what, what have you, it's nothing. <laughs> right. You're saying aside from God. Yes. Outside yeah. of God. Right. Yeah. So they're all kind of connected. You know, in God's mercy, he's showing me how there's even more that he would like to do with and for me than even the little bit that I've allowed him to help me with to this point. It's exciting. It is. So you asked me what I learned in 2019. I did. You learned what I learned in 2018, 2019, and already have 2020s. <laughs> so I'm curious, Jenna. If Isn't would- it funny when you ask someone one thing and then they give you an answer that's like way bigger than what you asked them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like this whole podcast. Anywho, <laughs> Jenna, do you want to tell me what was your biggest lesson of 2019? Well, I think something I've realized over the past week or so is that a big lesson I learned. I don't know if it's the lesson because I'd probably have to like sit with the Lord about that. But I was having this issue. And I was like, if this is an issue, the provision is bigger than the problem. Yes. Like he will provide so much more than even how big this problem feels. It takes a lot for me to adjust my mindset when it comes to dealing with issues, whether they're small or big, you know, everything feels big in the moment. But for me to think, okay, this is a problem, but that means you have a really amazing solution to come. Wow. And I can't wait to see it. And I kind of need to be patient in that waiting at the same time, you know, like I'm so excited to see what it is. You're not giving it to me right now. So I'm just waiting and trying to be holy in that. 
I feel like I've been doing a lot of that, especially since my eight day, like reverse engineering (laughs) my prayer. So if the Lord is putting something in front of me as like an area of growth, a place where he wants to bring freedom, something that has to change in me, right? you know, whether that's like a very practical thing or like a spiritual way of seeing things, whatever it is, as I shared, my tendency would be to become discouraged. Like I can't do that, which aligns with the word. I can do nothing without the Lord, but with God, I can, I can change. I can grow. I have to mentally override the discouragement. I have to ignore the desolation of that problem, like you're saying. And I have to say, oh, Lord, if you are calling me to this thing, you must think it's possible. Mm. If you want me to have freedom, if you're inviting me to freedom, you must see that freedom is an option for me. He has the redeemed picture of me in his mind. I remember years ago praying with the story of Jacob stealing Esau's blessing. It was a benchmark thing for me because I remember really wrestling with it. I was in the chapel. I'm like fighting with the Lord. Like, this is ridiculous. Why are you letting this guy get away with that? Right. And the Lord spoke so clearly to my heart. He said, because of who he would become, like that he could use all of that in order to bring about this redeemed, whole, holy version of his beloved son. You know, he let him get away with something early on because he knew he could work with it. And eventually he would become who God was calling him to be. And he does that with us too. That's the theme of my eight day. He let me get away with a lot of stuff for a long time. And now he's saying, okay, now it's time. It was painfully gentle and yet also very jarring and hard. But he wants me to become who he sees that I am. So I'm excited about that. But I do have to keep going back to like even some key scriptures to say like, Mm -hmm. you see something in me that I don't see in myself. I don't think I can change. I don't think I can become that person that you're calling me to be. All I see are my flaws, my weakness, my sin. And that causes me to be really discouraged. But with the Lord, right? Yeah. John 15, 5, I'm the vine. And you are the branches, those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. So I'm looking forward to a year of abiding and becoming. Jenna, what are you looking forward to in 2020? That's a great question. I'm looking forward to intimacy. Tell me more. I just love the Lord. So looking forward to growing in love for him. And I just want to like keep on being purified. I want to keep on being formed. I want my heart to be molded. This week in the chapel, as I was looking at the Lord and just being with him during Rosary Club. (laughs) (laughs) Beth and I are kind of silly about Rosary Club. But I'm just going to explain it a little bit to you. When Beth and I want to go into the chapel, we want to have some silent time, right? Like we're going in because the world is noisy and we want to go have some quiet and be able to pray, like dive into prayer, right? So when people in the chapel are praying the rosary while you're trying to have silent time, it's like sometimes frustrating because you just want to like read your scripture or you were doing a consecration through St. Joseph, 
you know, or you just want to literally quiet your mind. Yeah. not have anything going on. So sometimes it can be like, oh, bummer. I'm here while people are praying the rosary. Anyway, this time I decided to embrace it and I prayed the rosary with them. Wow. <laughs> Instead of like reading scripture at the same time. Just me angrily journaling, <laughs> trying to drown out. Sometimes, guys, I put on my noise-canceling headphones. Can you please tell them about when Father Parks, no. Father Parks no. came in? It's like the story within the story within the story. But one time, <laughs> people were praying out loud. It was infuriating, and I don't have a lot of virtue, I guess. So I put on my noise-canceling headphones. No music, just the like noise-canceling Wait, give them the visual of what they look guys, like. it's like I'm flying a plane. It's like It's I'm, like the Bose... The big headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like over your head. Okay, I think they got it. They're not subtle AirPods, Jenna. Anyway, I put on my TV producer (laughs) large black headphones and flip on the noise canceling feature, which just drowns out some of the atmospheric (laughs) disturbance. Anywho, at one point, I don't know what happened. There was some kind of movement. And I turned around and Father Parks was walking in the chapel. <laughs> and we have had this conversation with him many times about the yeah. Rosary Club yeah. and wanting to be quiet in the chapel. <laughs> he caught my eye, smiled in recognition. And then it took him about a half a second to see that I had my headphones on. And he just started dying laughing. Anyway, it was very embarrassing. Jenna, please proceed. You, my friend, have much more grace <laughs> and uh, yeah. So docility. I decided. I yeah. I was trying to just be like, okay, Lord, you want me to pray the rosary? Great, this is beautiful. And I don't do a daily rosary like you do, so it was just nice to pray it. Anyway, so I was just praying a lot recently about Mary being a mother to a son, mm. and how like she's going to teach me how to be. A mother to a son. Friend, I'm dying. Yeah. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So it was just really beautiful to think of a mother's love for a son. And then I get to experience that for the first time, you know? So then Rosary Club ended Mm -hmm. and I was just praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament. It was beautiful. And I was realizing that he is the only one that will ever satisfy me i have a laundry list of to-dos as we all do and i think if i can get through like 10 of these to-dos i'm going to feel satisfied i'm going to feel like it's time to set the to-dos aside and now i can go to bed and it feels really good and i feel really good feel productive but literally that never happens there's always 50 more to-dos following those first 10 to-dos I'm yeah. constantly chasing after satisfaction Yeah, to feel like, okay, I did it. Like yeah. I'm good now. I always think of two things in yeah. regards to work. What um, Father Matt said. Yeah, what Father Matt said. There's always more to do. Like very freeing because it's true. And then Jess Conley said when she talked about taking a Sabbath rest every week, she said, there's no getting ahead. Don't try to get ahead. Because I think that's what it is. Like you accomplish those 10 things and you needed to accomplish those 10 things. And that was a job well done. But now here are those other things that were less urgent, but you could get ahead. So the temptation to always get ahead. Even in relationships, 
we can constantly wait for the person to like become more virtuous or to become perfect or to grow in a certain area. And then we'll be satisfied in this relationship. Yeah, Like we'll feel like, oh, okay, this is the kind of relationship I want. It's only in the Lord. Like my continued striving will never be satisfied by anything of the world ever. So I'm looking forward to intimacy, meaning I'm looking forward to that continued satisfaction in being with the Lord, that this is the only place that my soul will finally be at rest and I'll feel whole. I won't feel inadequate or like I'm not doing enough or like I'm a bad mom. This is the place that I'm most loved And I'm so excited to continue to learn how to live in that relationship. Is it fair to say a big part of that for you has been adopting our Blessed Is She weekly holy hour? Yeah. Yeah. And then last year, you know, on the Shine Retreat, it's funny, I'm getting ready for Restore and I'm like thinking about my talk and praying through that. And the most important thing that I talked about the only thing I cared about talking about yeah. in 2019 was to tell people to get a holy hour. I was like, can I just tell them that again? <laughs> totally. <laughs> How many times did I need to hear it before I actually did it? I don't know. Sure. A million. Yeah. I just think spending an hour with him, not just a visit, because I make lots of little visits too. It's not the same as like being there specifically uninterrupted in the presence. There's such grace there. I I hope you all have a holy hour because I want you to experience that intimacy too, especially coming into the new year to prioritize the one thing. You know, Jesus says to Martha, there's need of only one thing and Mary has chosen the better part. So that's the best thing we can do with our time. I was just having a conversation with a friend who said, I have so much to do and I'll stop in, but it would be more productive to get stuff done in that hour, but that's a lie. Right. I could be doing so many things in an hour. Do you know how many things? A remarkable amount of things, people. <laughs> I sit in awe of Jenna Gizar, the maximizer. <laughs> it's impossible. I can't even think of all the things that she can accomplish in the time it takes me to walk to the car. You know? I'm not joking. That's a real life example. Your walk to the I'm car getting, is not that far. I'm getting Slack notifications. I've got a new email from you. You've commented on someone on Instagram. I'm like, when was Jenna on here? Wildly productive. You're up here potty training. It's just, it's a marvel. It's incredible. Anyway, I could do a lot in an hour, yeah. as I'm sure a lot of you can. What's another hour of me being productive? That is nothing. It pales in comparison to... The life-giving presence of Jesus Christ. That's it. It totally comes down to the fruit. Because even marking all of these things off of your to-do list, right? Even like the sense of like self-satisfaction you have when you complete your tasks or meet a deadline or what have you. But leaving the chapel, there's an inner reordering that happens. And a supernatural peace that no amount of completing of tasks can bring you. There's no substitute for it. 
you're probably going to hear me talk a lot about St. Ignatius and the spiritual exercises. I can't wait. After doing this eight day, but reminds me about what he says about consolation and desolation. And one of the primary reasons that St. Ignatius gives that we experience desolation is that we might know that we can't manufacture it. We can't bring about our own peace. We can't cause warm fuzzies in prayer. It's only the pursuit and the love of the Lord coming to us. But we have to be available to it. But completing things, other people, shopping, whatever it is, like it's not going to bring about the deep soul rest and security that we find in relationship with the Lord. I was just talking to our friend Stephanie. She studied infant and child development, and she was talking about how children act out when they don't feel secure, when they don't feel safe. They'll act out a certain way, or when they're with someone, they'll be very clingy because they never feel like safe enough to kind of get a little bit farther away, so they get really clingy and insecure. It made me think how safe I feel with the Lord. Don't have to strive here. I'm just already in his embrace. I don't have to like cling to it or work hard for it. Or again, I don't have to be productive for this relationship. I'm already secure. I'm already safe in his arms. I'm just grateful to hear you talk like that because I think especially when I first came off of this eight day of like being in silence with the Lord and living this like very ordered rule of prayer and rhythm of life with the sisters of life, coming off of that was a real whiplash kind of experience. And I thought I could just dive right back in. Mm. I thought I you know, had that time with the Lord. And there were so many things that were demanding my attention and people that I want to give attention to and yeah. feel disconnected from. It was a great grace of the retreat was to realize how many people I love and do life with and am loved by, but I did. I just dove in too fast, and I did neglect the one thing. I was not ready to step down six and a half hours of prayer a day to a couple of visits to the chapel and just my normal holy hour mass. It's just wild that we can know that Jesus is the only thing that will satisfy. Mm. We can have these beautiful experiences in prayer or in the chapel or on a retreat and still go right back to the way things were. That's why I think I'm such a proponent of a weekly holy hour, like a signed up time, because it's not now at the whim of your emotions or your schedule. It's in there, booked. People are depending on you to show up. And it doesn't matter if you feel like it or you don't, or if you think you have time or if you don't, you just go. Because it takes many, many (laughs) repetitions And the grace really has to seep down, deep down into our souls until we believe, you know, not just intellectually, but experientially, that he is the one thing that will satisfy. Yeah, I did a talk while you were gone, Beth. It was like so sad that you weren't there. It was brutal I never give talks, guys, because they're the worst. And I don't feel very confident. So I didn't have Beth with me either. I was with you in prayer. It was like a really hard time for me on that day, especially. I was like, Jenna's giving this talk. So I did a holy hour, prayed a rosary for you. Wow. It was like, my heart was like aching. 
not to be there with you. Anyway, but I talked about how when you came on to Blessed Is She, you would be like, so what's going on in prayer? <laughs> and I'd be like, dude, I got ish to do. <laughs> it's so true. Prayer. What are you talking about prayer? This is a snapshot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there at my computer. I can't even type fast enough. Beth's asking me about prayer. <laughs> so when I was giving this talk, I shared that, that like you asking me about it and me not having an answer for quite a few times. <laughs> Eventually, I had to start answering. And I wasn't going to lie. You know, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so grateful for your friendship and for you asking me that. Even if you're like, Jenna probably has nothing to say. Because it was such a motivator. Not only just like my slight holy jealousy at your relationship with the Lord, which I think is always beautiful to hear about other Mm -hmm. people's prayer lives with the Lord and wanting that for yourself, you know, wanting an intimacy with him. But being asked it pointedly was really a huge motivation for me to actually get there. Only in the last year has it been a real priority in my life. And like you said, it's actually written down in my calendar and Mike knows about it. And it's something that's non-negotiable. I go every Wednesday and I'm just with the Lord. So that's just my encouragement to you listening, that if no one's asking you about your prayer, maybe you can ask a friend and you guys can be that motivation for each other. You know? Yes, please. He's going to change your life. I'm excited to a year of holy hours. Here we go. Buckle up. (laughs) Beth, do you want to pray? I'd love to. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we look to you, Savior, lover of our souls. Thank you for seeing us, and thank you for seeing everything in our path, everything that is to come. Thank you for never leaving us. God, would you give us the grace to turn to you, to look at you, to return your gaze of love, to talk to you. Give us the grace to trust you for the change, to trust you for the getting things done. Jesus, we make an act of trust. We place our trust in you. We pray all this in your holy and precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.